Hey everybody, it's Jordy here. Just a little different episode this week. Uh, I did a webinar for the Cybersecurity Marketing Society this week on how to build an integrated marketing campaign for B2B or cybersecurity. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting to the podcast listening audience, so please enjoy how to build an integrated marketing campaign for B2B. So let's get started here. I wish we had some music playing. I always forget that I want to play music in the background before we get webinars started. What do they call that? Vamping? I think that's what it is. Is it a vamp that they never send out the, uh, the singer, but without a warm up, Right. So I think they call it a vamp. Oh, or like the, the, the worst comedian that comes out before the famous comedian. Exactly. To warm up. Yeah. Yeah. That's. (laughs) Yeah, we should do that. Actually, we should we should figure out how to do that. All right. Hi, everyone. It's so good to see you. Oh, Susan says her stage entry theme song would be Thunderstruck. By no, no, that would bring the heat. That would bring the energy. That would. All right, folks, we're going to get started. It is so nice to see all of you here on this webinar. Um, thank you for joining, for taking the time out of your day to join us. We're super excited to bring Jordy Carswell, who's the CMO at Actual Tech Media here, to speak about planning, strategy, integrated campaigns. It's something that's a hot topic, I think, integrated campaigns, but how do you actually do it? Like, What's a good way to, to start to work through one? And then as the comments have already started going, to deliver the results in a way uh, that's digestible to the team and, and helps you make better decisions later. So my name is Gianna Whitber. Some of you know me. I am the co-founder of the Cybersecurity Marketing Society, the world's ble- best organization, community, uh, network to be a cybersecurity marketer in. Um, so we are a association of marketers in cybersecurity. We have a private Slack community that's vendor-free, sales-free, that anyone can join. We have As long as you're an in-house marketer at a security product or services company, they've got about 2,500 members from around 800 companies. And together, we've solved problems in the industry. We help each other. We network. We have have a peer mentoring community. And uh, we move the industry forward. Uh, It doesn't have to be hard, uh, boring, or lonely in cybersecurity marketing, uh, join our community and, and, and engage and enjoy some of the educational events we put on, such as this one. I also want to plug, and I have to plug, cause this is, this is who I am for the next two months, is that we have Cyber Marketing Con happening in Austin, Texas, December 10th through 13th. Join us. It is a three day event with sessions, education, networking, plus our patented cybersecurity marketing society fun. Um, and it is happening in Austin this year. We hope to see you there. If you cannot make it, there are virtual tickets as well available. And of course, if you are in the U.S. Um, and buy a virtual ticket, you still get a swag bag. So that was my my commercial that I had to do. Um, and Jordy, before we before you intro yourself, I do want to say also that Jordy will be speaking at Cyber Marketing Con. And, and sorry, I'm jumping the gun in case it's in the deck anywhere, Jordy. Uh, and he has him and, uh, actual tech media have put on this amazing survey, this really awesome survey. I saw, like, I got a sneak peek of the results, a survey toward cybersecurity folks about their buying habits, really good data, lots of data, really juicy stuff. For those who are in the society, you saw that we worked on the survey questions together. So that survey will debut at Cyber Marketing Con. Um, So make sure you get there. That was a lot. Jordy, 
Well, and thank you for Jonna for sending the jet to bring me down. So I really, I really do appreciate that. I know it's the um, yeah, the private plane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, that was great. Really generous. Um, Yeah. So we're excited today to talk with everybody, and uh, we'll be wonderful to meet everybody in person too at Cyber Marketing Con if you can make it. So Gianna, should we roll? We will. And one last thing. Some of you heard it at the top of the hour, but we want to hear your feedback, your comments, your questions. Post them in the chat and put them in the Q&A. Make sure to do that. All right, Jordy, it is you. All right. I'm going to screen share. If this goes well, I'm happy. And if it doesn't, well, I don't know what to say. All right. So bear with me here one sec. All right. We've got our deck ready for death by PowerPoint. Just kidding. We won't do that. Mm-hmm. There will be a lot of slides though. I have to say. So let me just get my mouse moved over here and we can begin. So my name is Jordy Carswell. I'm the CMO at Actual Tech Media. We are uh, an official lead gen partner of the Cyber Marketing Society as uh we're excited to to be here with you today. I've been personally eating and sleeping tech marketing for about 20 years uh, with a specialty in lead gen, content marketing, integrated campaigns, uh, almost exclusively in the B2B enterprise tech and in the cybersecurity space. Um, Today, we're going to do something a little different. Um, I asked for some contributions from a very good friend of mine, uh, Heather Garcia Meza, who uh, is a Cisco and Gigamon alumni and is now a freelance consultant. Um, I asked her if we could share some of her real-life campaigns and processes that we thought would be useful for everybody today. Um, If you need a consultant to help you build out and execute on integrated marketing campaigns and don't want to have to explain technology to them and all that kind of stuff, I highly recommend you get in touch with Heather. Um, There's a link in the slides that we're going to send out uh, via email after the webinar today uh, with a a way to reach out to Heather at her Wise and Shine Marketing. That's her. Super cool person. Um, also, if you'd like to chat with me at any time, I'd love to chat with you. So you can book a time with me, uh, no cost. We just love to talk shop um, and you're welcome to do that. We'll send this link out as well. And I think Gianna was going to pop it in the chat. Um, if you Oh like. yeah, popping, okay. commencing. Yeah, awesome. So Actual Tech, this is, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. We are, uh, again, an official partner for Lead Gen with the CMS. Um, we're part of the Future PLC family, which also owns SmartBrief, ITPro.com, TechRadar, uh, and a ton of other channels. But our specialty uh, over the last 10 years, uh, before we were acquired by Future last year, is in uh, webinar Lead Gen programs uh, ABM content syndication, and uh, we have a bench of about 45 subject matter expert authors uh, who uh, do all the kinds of things that give you the, the content pieces you need to run an integrated marketing campaign. So that's my pitch. Next up, let's talk about what is an integrated marketing campaign in the first place. So I thought, you know, this gets batted around a lot, but we'll look at what Google says. And I think the the campaign monitor uh, explanation here is a good one and highlighted the areas that make the uh, the most uh, the biggest impact in an integrated marketing campaign. So you've got multiple channels with a consistent message um, and the goal is conversion, 
to get somebody to do something, whatever that is that you want them to do. And so that's kind of the definition we're going to roll with today. Others may have others, but we got to pick something and ride. So that's what we'll go with. So today um, I'm going to share with you one of Heather's campaigns that really walks through what an integrated marketing campaign looks like from a sort of quote unquote full funnel perspective. We're going to look at it uh, not just in terms of the messaging you want to push out to just talk about ourselves and how amazing we are, but really a campaign that's focused on helping people move through their journey, solve their pain points. And we want to build a campaign that gives them genuine value, uh, that helps them in their career, in their role, in their goals internally with their projects uh, to achieve what it is they want to achieve. So we want to help them not stand next to them with a bullhorn. Um, so we've got a great example that we're going to go through uh, as a way of teaching how this works and breaking things down. Um, now, there's many different approaches to funnel design. There's waterfalls and backwards funnels and split funnels and all kinds of stuff. But today we're going to talk about just one of these approaches. And please, as we go through this, some of these diagrams are tiny, but the slides will be sent out after via email. So um, don't sweat it. We'll we'll make sure you get a closer look at at everything. So when we talk about full funnel, we have a little DNA diagram here that we use uh, to really show the basic elements of a funnel as we think about it at Actual Tech and in consulting with Heather as well. Uh, and again, this diagram is something we referenced. We placed it here for you to look at later. But we're going to walk through the entire funnel, or sorry, we're not going to walk through the entire funnel and the aspects of it because uh, these are just very basic that most of marketers understand. But it's just our perspective of a funnel as a level set for what we're going to talk about today. We want to acquire people. We want to convert them. We want to turn them into customers and then activate that and have them you know, continue to, to buy from us over the lifetime of the customer. So a little bit of a more holistic view than just a straight sort of MQL funnel. Um, now, of course, we know that prospects are not always in a downward moving funnel journey. They do what they want. Leads do not say, uh, okay, I've made it through the nurture stage and I'm ready for a call with a salesperson. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Uh, people are looking at things from their perspective, what their problems are, what they need, what they already know, what they need to learn yet um, or don't know. Uh, and so they sort of enter into the funnel wherever they please. And so that's why it's really important if you have a full funnel approach that you think about it from their perspective. And so we look at it this way, that it means that your integrated campaign needs to be contextual, speaking to the right audience, uh, the right language, uh, connected so that you're aligned with their current journey and designed in a way that moves them forward progressively and then consumable, um, meaning that you meet them with your campaign where they like to be, where they like to learn, where they like to buy. Uh, so that's kind of just as a level set, the approach we're taking today. So Gianna, I don't know, do we have the poll? Um, I'd like to sort of get a we sense do. of get a sense of everybody's um, comfort level and, and experience with integrated campaigns. Right Very now. cool. I'm just trying to figure out how to launch just the one question. You know what? It's two questions. Perfect. Well, if you could take <laughs> We're going to launch them both at once and then we'll, we'll yeah. launch it again. Just do the first one. What's your experience with building integrated marketing campaigns, everyone? Yeah. If you could pop that in. It says hosts and panelists Ooh. can't vote. Yeah. Hey, we can't vote. That's not fair. Sorry, John. <laughs> I'm going to say 
some to tons and it depends <laughs> and you're gonna say what jordy tons yeah oh we yeah tons. we've done a lot but uh while the- people fill out this poll we do have questions coming in do you mind if i lob one yeah, out shoot yeah gonna- let's do it let's give everybody a chance to answer okay so anonymous asked and this might you know it might be we might cover some of this later in the slides and i know you also need to go through your slides so if you have to answer quickly that's totally fine so uh someone asked marketing campaign tools that work best which is very broad so for that person can you can you maybe provide a little more context jordy do you have a an answer to that or you think that's yeah i mean yeah, at the end of the day, you need a, a good Marcom solution that's going to and CRM combination for this, right? So whether you know whether it's HubSpot, whether it's Salesforce, whatever it is, for, to pull this off, you need some kind of tool, and even cam, uh, Active Campaign or something like that that gives you the ability to execute on what we're going to talk about today. Awesome. And uh, question asker, if you have more on that, yep. do another Q and A, and then we have. And da, 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 da. we have questions that I think are going to get answered later as well. So we'll hit on those in a second. The poll is over and we are going to share those results, I think. Right. Wow. So talk 27, about an even split. You're right. It's like 30, 30, 30, uh, 30% of the folks here, 27% have never built an integrated campaign. 34% have built some, maybe like one or two. And then uh, 39% have built tons. So multiple beyond one or two, three, four, five, six, seven, a million. Uh, and that is, and then we'll get to the other question on the next one. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's so much more than just, we threw some display ads together with an email campaign and an ebook. It's um, we're going to get into all the different pieces that are involved. So thanks folks for filling that in. That gives us some context. So today we're going to look at a framework uh, for building an integrated campaign. And I think this is going to be really helpful for everyone, regardless of where you are uh, from beginner to expert. Um, these 10 steps are going to cover strategy, tactics, and the human element, because uh, getting humans to do what you need them to do so that you can succeed and pull off a truly integrated campaign is not as easy as we'd like it to be sometimes. So the first step not surprising, but can get overlooked in the in the uh, rush to get something put together and out the door, especially if you're in a time crunch or you, know, you get budget you know, pressures to get things done and, and spent. Um, you need to have a specific business goal. So if you look at the funnel and you think about what your goals are, are you trying to get brand awareness, pipeline acceleration? Are you trying to upsell your install base, uh, increase feature adoption? Um, these are the kinds of things you have to figure out at the beginning, what business goal do you want to advance uh, that will have an impact and move the needle for the business? And you want to make sure that you're looking at that from the perspective of the, at all goal setting from the perspective of the business first, because ultimately it has to start with a business goal before the the other pieces that we're about to talk about uh, come together to align. Now in the second area of aligning those business goals to the funnel stage. You have to figure out what you're looking to do and then map it over to the funnel. So as I mentioned earlier, if you're looking to generate awareness, then you're not going to necessarily be doing or focusing on customer marketing activities. It's too soon. That's not in line with your goal. So it helps you to focus and and buckle down. 
Uh, once you have your business goals nailed down and you know what stage of the funnel you're targeting, then you can break those goals down and set objectives that you can measure against, which is number three. So a goal is kind of broad. An objective is very specific. And so we land here on number four, setting your, uh, sorry, number three, setting your uh, campaign objectives, targets, KPIs. This too touches funnel stages because, you know, to use awareness as an example, you're not going to put the goal of generating meetings uh, set a goal of generating meetings if you're simply out there trying to build awareness, really. So it's there's a bit of a mismatch there. And this is where we need to start to think about objectives and what your objective strategy is going to be. Uh, that will include who you're going to need help from across the organization for your objectives to be met, and then how you're actually going to go about hitting those objectives. And I think when it comes to uh, KPIs and objectives, I was just going to put a side note in here, actually. Um, this is where alignment and buy-in from your leadership really matters when it comes to integrated campaigns. You could view a campaign as a success strictly using the metrics that matter to you. You know, we increased CTR, we had this many impressions, we whatever. But if your leadership doesn't view those metrics or KPIs as relevant or mappable to the larger business that they're worried about, your campaign isn't going to be viewed as successful. It's probably not going to be repeatable and scalable for next time, especially when it comes to getting budget. Uh, so take the time at this point in your integrated campaign planning to sanity check what you've got for objectives and metrics with your leadership, your board, your sales team, whoever the stakeholders are. Uh, who will ultimately decide if the campaign was a win or not and uh, it, whether it was a success. There's nothing worse than bringing forward stats and reporting up the chain that isn't impactful to the business. And people are like, great report, looks pretty, who cares, right? That's not what we want to do. And so um, Heather had a, a really good pro tip that she shared around this too, to make the buy-in effort, uh, not only at the beginning of the campaign, but to check in with leadership and stakeholders as you're building the campaign reporting templates to make sure there's alignment and that what you're building is looks like it's going to move the needle for everyone, or maybe they want to see something else. Uh, and so when you're building the templates for how you're going to report on this stuff, uh, do, do it on a kind of rolling basis and keep sanity checking it to make sure that you're not spinning your wheels. So next, you have to map out your overall strategy, how you're going to get the business aligned, uh, get to the business ab aligned objectives that you've mapped out. So let's look at this in action. And again, it's tiny. Apologize, please. <laughs> You'll enjoy the slides later. But um, this is an example of one of Heather's campaigns at Gigamon. This was a campaign that was hyper-focused on accelerating pipeline, people who came in as an MQL, quote unquote, and then got stuck. They weren't moving forward. So what triggered this initiative for her and the, the reason she wanted to set up the campaign is all the feedback that she was starting to hear from the business. She was getting invited to sales kickoff meetings, getting invited to QBRs with sales, going to the sales enablement meetings, maybe even though they were 7 a.m. or 4 p.m. or whatever it was because they're a global organization. Uh, to, but making the time to listen to sales, uh, because as a marketer, that's the number one way you're going to get inspired from an idea perspective about what is needed from the business and how you can help. So she was plugged in so that she could get an idea of what was going to help with the specific business problems. And she, of course, in doing that, you 
you know, taking an interest in people helps endear you to them, which helps your campaign succeed in the human side of things. Um, she honed in on the fact that what Gigamon in this case really needed was help in accelerating the pipeline, getting early stage leads moving again, and then actually generating sales qualified opportunities from that or SQOs. So she designed a strategy around promoting a core set of bottom of the funnel content to help with this uh, in an integrated way in an integrated campaign. And again, her goal was pipeline acceleration. So you know, sponsoring a NASCAR uh, design for awareness isn't going to meet that. So that goal. So she's looking at how we're going to get these leads moving and what kind of uh, strategies are necessary to do that. How can I get them to become sales qualified opportunities? So from sales, she gleaned that there was trouble getting the prospects to see the ROI they could achieve uh, using the Gigamon solution. So people weren't getting it. So she started thinking, okay, how do we take this generalized concept of quote unquote ROI or return on investment and help them see why and how they'll achieve ROI without coming up with net new budget, which is another uh, objection that they were getting on the sales front. And so that's where her uh, machine started churning and the ideas came up that, you know, they needed to communicate a way that they could help people get benefit without uh, net new budget by moving things around instead of net new um, and was going to build an integrated campaign to explain why. And so what that meant was she was able to say, okay, based on our MQLs, our current pipeline activity and our prospect database, uh, email database and our situation, we can do some initiatives. We can come up with some core objectives to start measuring around and start marketing around. And so, uh, she started thinking about how she could map an integrated campaign strategy that would meet these objectives, thinking about the core tactics, et cetera. So for this campaign, she decided to go with webinars, videos, uh, blog posts uh, as kind of a, a core format that she was going to use and repurpose. And she wanted to make sure that everyone understand that these were the things that they were really going to hyper-focus on. So to review the objects or the objectives and the targets are the things you're trying to achieve. The KPIs are indicators of whether or not you're on target to hit those objectives. And of course, all of these elements are interrelated. So the next thing, you've got a business goal, you've got a funnel stage that it generally maps to, you've got the objectives that you want to measure progress against, and you've got an overall strategy with how you're going to do it. But you also, of course, need to understand who your audience is, who is the persona before you start building. Uh, and now we think about this at Actual Tech as well, and we focus on things from a technical decision maker or influencer bucket. Uh, personas and then a business decision maker uh, perspective or bucket of personas. So for each of those, how are each of those personas involved in achieving our business goal that we're indexing for with this campaign? So, you know, what is their role and how can we speak to them? How can we reach them? Each of them, because they may not all hang out in the same place. They may not all respond to marketing in the same way. Uh, what matters to each one of these stakeholders? How are they measured? What do they care about? Um, what are their pains? Um, what are their objections? What might be holding them back? Uh, and we sort of think about it from that perspective. So this is actually, um, Gianna talked about her survey work that we're going to be presenting in Austin. Um, we ran a little bit of, of research here, like how many people are we talking about here, 
right? When it comes to who's at the table to make a decision specifically with cybersecurity solutions. And this is like sort of larger companies, sort of 500 and well, 500 people and up, uh, you know, several million in revenue at least, um, you know, and we're looking at two to five um, seems to be the, the average in terms of who makes the final call on these things doesn't really often seem to be just one person, um, especially in larger organizations. There's a real collaborative decision-making process. And as you go up in revenue size and in company size, you get into very large buying teams of, you know, six to 10, um, not just people involved in the process, but people who make the decision. So just a little teaser there. So six, uh, we got up to 10 different stakeholders, which means we're building content that will address the pain points of 10 different people up to, you know, potentially 10 different people. See CISOs, CTOs, CEOs, CFOs, directors of whatever. Uh, and you want to see them, uh, help them to see what it is you want them to do, be it learning more about your company or buying or upgrading how your efforts to do this and when they do what you want them to do will help them with their pains at each of their different steps. So you start thinking about the content involved with that. It's a lot, Um, but not as much as you think. Sometimes it's just a matter of repurposing some content pieces with a different slant and a little bit different introduction, but we'll get into that later. So we need to start mapping out the content strategy. So here's a little more on how Heather mapped out her pipeline acceleration strategy to get her message across. Uh, her messaging was, hey, or the messaging, sorry, that, that, hey, you can save lots of money with Gigamon was already being done and pushed out into the market via campaigns their media agencies were running for them. So no need to double down on that. Um, that was covered. So she thought, okay, how can we connect that high level message of, yo, you can save some money here with the bottom level message of you can do it without net new budget and by implementing this technology. So incidentally, the middle step in her messaging was about the impact of a network packet broker, uh, which is part of the uh, Gigamon solution. So that was kind of like how you get to the the savings um, without net new budget. Um, So these were the three steps of messaging that she was trying to get across in her campaign. And then, you know, she needed to create different content pieces that would move people along from one step to the next. So for her, this involved a lot of content, a lot of custom calls to action that were specific to uh, the personas and and things like that. So now you've got your content. We got our strategy objectives. We know how we're going to measure all this kind of stuff. Then you get down to what channels we're going to use, where we're going to meet people, where they are, where they want to consume, buy, learn whatever it might be. So when you think about channels and promotion plans, you need to think about uh, where you're going to place this message and how you're going to connect each step in the funnel or the messaging with another. So she had that sort of micro funnel of trying to get people to see they could, you know, by implementing that packet broker, they could, uh, you know, save more money uh, without coming up with new budget. So here she wants to make sure that each piece of core content maps to the channels where she plans to use it. Um, And so I thought too, there was a a really good reminder in all of this that we would share. And it's not to forget about, you know, you get all the standard paid channels, right? You see them here, except for like SEO, stuff like that. Although that can be paid too, if you want to do it well, but 
you've also got some no cost channels. So your BDRs are talking to people, pushing out messaging every single day and their sequences, their drips, their outreach. Um, you've got your salespeople who are having conversations with prospects every day, your channel partners, your existing customers and influencers that you may work with, maybe be able to help you amplify the message that your integrated campaign is, is pushing out. So, and the point here too, is to take these assets and recycle them as much as you can. And uh, that will help you execute in all these different channels without having to reinvent the wheel every time. So we have a little diagram here that we showed at the beginning and it's kind of an outline. And if your eyes glaze over again, <laughs> it'll make more sense when you look at it offline. Um, but this is an outline of, of Heather's of what it looks like when you take core assets like email, an email campaign, a webinar and a blog uh, post strategy and combine them uh, and use them as core assets. Uh, and you can see how they're interrelated, how they get recycled, reused and measured. Uh, you can have, for instance, you're shooting video. Don't just throw it up on YouTube, embed it in the blogs, use, reuse it there, reuse it on re webinar registration pages. Um, start to see where the inter interdependencies are and, and how you can leverage the content you've already built um, across additional uh, channels. And hone in on the ones that, when it comes to channels, uh, the ones that are most important and leverage leverage those because um, you may have to prioritize a little bit. Not everybody can do everything. Um, but again, you're not going to do a television ad when you're trying to get people into the bottom of the funnel. It just helps focus your campaign and your channels when you know what your goals are against the business. Um, and then you need to quantify those touches against all these different assets that you've built um, to start, you know, at least getting you as a KPI moving toward your objective, which gets you towards your goal. And so we see that she's got those uh, touches quantified here. So next up is to align, prioritize and schedule things. So you've built it out, you mapped it out. Um, a pro tip here, you want to make sure you're documenting everything as you go, not just so that you can get buy-in. Uh, not, this is, doesn't just live on a whiteboard. It's going to take, <laughs> it's going to take some spreadsheet work, um, to, to start mapping this out. And then you can start to, to look at things in terms of timing, resources, uh, other people inside the organization. And then you can start to rank them, uh, to ensure you're spending time, your internal political capital, your external budget on things that matter. Um, so yeah, this is well beyond just a whiteboard or a mind map. Um, next collaboration strategy and planning. So obviously you can't pull this off by yourself. I mean, if you're a one person marketing team and, and, you know, you have a couple of salespeople, you might be able to do some of this yourself, but in larger organizations, giving uh, thought to how you're going to effectively collaborate within the organization uh, and how you're going to get wide buy-in across the organization for what you're trying to accomplish here uh, is important. So you want to make sure that you have, again, not just buy out at the beginning or buy-in at the beginning, but that it's all the way through uh, and that that buy-in doesn't get lost along the way and people forget what you're doing while you're doing it. Um, and so you want to make sure that your team is set up for success, not just your immediate marketing team, but the cross-functional organization's uh, that it takes to make things like this happen. And then people outside other teams, uh, you know, not just marketing, like I say, um, and the sales folks and things like that. And speaking of that, that kind of actually uh, brings us to roadblocks 
a little bit. So this includes understanding what roadblocks to success might be popping up along the way, both during the planning process and also when the campaign is being executed. So you can figure out how to either head them off or route around them as they come up. Um, Heather had a good tip. She said one, one key is having a way of listening to sales, be it like she mentioned, attending their QBRs, doing your best to interact with them, water coolers, lunches, whatever it might take, um, or just lurking in Slack in the BDR channels and making sure that you have a real understanding of the, the, the objections they're running into, the problems, uh, things that are making it difficult for them to work with uh, the leads and the efforts that you're, you're building uh, so having a way to tune into those, if you can, matters on the collaboration front too. All right. So one way to enhance collaboration is to make sure that you've got this very, very complete sort of robust upfront plan that you're working from. So we've got an example here from Heather is essentially a structure that she designed in terms of how to kick things off, uh, how to keep them going forward, how to get everybody working together. Um, because you, you really do need to make sure everyone can hopefully manage themselves a little bit independently and you don't have to babysit every single item on the, on the list of to-dos. Um, and make sure there's, of course, checks and balances that something's falling down. You, you're there to pick it up and help kick it forward. Um, and so this framework right here is sort of designed to help do that. And, uh, Heather mentioned too another pro tip, which I thought I'd share is one of the things that she recommends is leveraging existing meetings as much as possible versus creating new ones for people to talk about your integrated campaign, other stakeholders. So I thought that was genius. So thinking about what it is that you need to achieve and who needs to be there. Uh, and then, you know, leveraging existing meetings to make that happen versus this just being one more thing on people's plates. Um, and she said to make those working, quote unquote, working meetings, not just informing people of things that they could find by looking in the project management software, um, you know, or getting an email update. So uh, she said that helps to, to keep buy-in strong. Then you need to be able if to operationalize these things and, and move them forward quickly. You need a high level outline of all the different uh, timelines and pieces available Um and what is needed at each of these phases. And then really, I mean, for the timeline she's got here, it's extremely aggressive. Um, you know, she's one thing that helps is running with pre-approved messaging. So you're not trying to bake messaging on the fly um, working with, so you haven't got resistance on the messaging front and the copy front. Um, but these are some of the minimum timeframes in a well-designed organization to get things planned and launched. Uh, so here we're looking at two weeks planning, three weeks to begin executing, which includes core asset creation. Um, your organization might need more time. This is an example, just simply what she was able to do. Um, one note on timelines, uh, a big thing that we see our clients struggle with sometimes is that they, they get these campaigns built and ready and we're excited to launch them with them and do our piece at Actual Tech with them. And then you run into, it goes headlong into um, butting up against an event like Black Hat or RSA or some other major thing that's going on. Gianna mentioned uh, it's uh, conference and and uh, conference month here it's in October. It's Eventober. Eventober. Thank you. <laughs> you heard me flailing there. She's like, uh, let me help him. Um, so 
that might, you know, if Black Hat's happening, if RSA is happening, if Cisco Live is happening, that may not be the, the week to launch. So what are other things that are happening out there and other stages of the funnel that we could do to try and work around that? Or um, could the timing of what you're doing, your campaign dovetail into a show, uh, into a major event, uh, into other activities, a product launch, whatever it is um, that might tie into that. So thinking about all those things, factoring in and where this, how the schedule will be impacted um, and whether or not you can use any bumps that come along to your advantage. So how do you keep people on track? Well, when it comes to the campaign itself, the other aspect is making sure that you have the framework and the tools to be able to succeed, to measure twice, cut once, as it were. Um, so thinking about this in terms of, you know, how you're going to create content that could be reused in different channels uh, and what people will be needed to do that. Um, the creation of a copy kit that you can leverage, that outsourcers can leverage if you're using them, um, or your teams that are building things for you. If it's all pre-approved copy kits and it just kind of cut and paste, put it together as building blocks, it works quite well. Um, and so if you don't know what you're going to need, uh, creating a quote unquote campaign bill of materials at the start of your campaign or during the planning process will make life so much easier um, because you're not going to get into a channel and realize, oh, we need, we need a white paper or, oh, we need, you know, a blog post or whatever it might be. You've done that in advance. So this is a screenshot of what it might look like when you're outlining all the different elements and the things you'll need to make sure that you're including uh, both the things that you can do yourself with your internal resources and things you need to outsource. Like, are you going to need graphic support? You need landing pages. You're going to need social, all these different things. You got to map it out here in the sort of uh, bill of materials and then make sure that you've got the teams aligned and committed to be able to do this in a sequence way. Right. So this goes back to the buy-in piece and getting everybody to agree on the timeline. Um, now we given, give thought to different ways that you can leverage outside resources because everyone is, is strapped for resources, SME time and all that other things that are necessary to get stuff done. So, especially for things like writing, um, which is time consuming and, you know, especially uh, straining on your internal resources. So like, for instance, Actual Tech has a bench of 45 subject matter experts that write for our clients every day. We have clients tap into us for that just so they can get things moving. Um, another thing to think about is uh, giving thought to how you can uh, work with sales to write scripts for the BDRs that give them context about, you know, what the campaign's about, what the goals are, um, the kind of messaging that will help them win. Uh, product marketing can be a big help here as well. They may have a lot of the pieces that you need, especially when you're assembling your copy kit. Um, so uh, grab everything you can, look at what you already have before you start creating new stuff. And hopefully you've got some some stuff on the bench you can repurpose already. Everyone pitching in to, to make it a joint effort. All right, number 10. Lastly, making sure you're measuring and optimizing and there's an expression measuring to learn. So not just measuring for the sake of itself, but taking lessons forward, uh, continually tweaking the campaign on a rolling basis. Now, obviously there's lots of things you have to measure for quote unquote engine room metrics, make sure nothing's broken 
you know, our, our CTR is zero on campaign efforts and things like that. We got to go fix that. Right. So that's important. But when it comes to um, the real metrics that you're measuring, you know, make sure that they're hyper-focused on the objective you're trying to achieve and that your metrics align to that and whether or not your campaign is successful overall, not just, not just tactics. So when you're measuring, you know, here's an example, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you want to make sure you're thinking about uh, what you're wanting to know or measure and if it matters. So starting with questions, and I like this approach. Um, we're big on this. So like, what is it that I want to know? Uh, what's the question that I want answered that relates back to the business objectives? And then in, you can check yourself and say, okay, Jordy, do you really need to know that? Or are you just curious? Um, because sometimes we get curious about things that are interesting we want to measure it but really everything takes brain space everything takes energy resources and time and so uh we want to make it it can create noise if we're not careful so we want to stay focused and uh not get lost in the data jordy i want to interrupt because i and and everyone who's asking questions we're going to get to them right at the end of this uh at the once jordy finishes the powerpoint which i I promise i'm almost done (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So Jordy, I actually have a question about what you just said, because you said questions that matter and questions that you're just curious about that don't actually matter. Yep. Can you give us like an example or a way to differentiate between the two? Yeah, I think, you know, there's questions when we say what matters, it's what matters in the context of what your objectives and your business goals were. Right. So again, you've got the stuff you need to measure to make sure that nothing's broken. Right. That's important. It matters in its own way. But the things that you are thinking about kicking up the chain in terms of reporting and and optimizing for, indexing for, those are the things that uh, you really need to focus on making sure they're not too noisy so that nobody can understand whether or not, like, at the end of the day, are we making progress? Are we, was this a success or not? Well, I don't know, but there's charts all over the place. Well, yeah. So does that help? Thank you. Okay. Great. So clarity and all that kind of stuff. So getting agreement on what to measure uh, at Actual Tech, we give our clients a ton of this data up front so they can decide, you know, what we think is important for the business and and what activity they're running. Um, We give people like these red hot lead reports and all this kind of stuff that they can kick up the chain to help make things easier. So remembering full funnel Integrated marketing campaigns requires context that has a hierarchy. So there's a structure to it. There's a content strategy. There's channels that are connected to one another. They make sense. What you're doing is for a reason. Um, And then you got to have commitment. You got to have collaboration and you got to be patient, especially on the human side. (laughs) Patience is the name of the game. So in review, we'll leave this slide in here, which is the all 10 points in the framework um, as well. So time for poll two. If, yeah, let's see if, if we can, let's it. see if it'll work. Cause we met, I managed to launch it before when mm. nobody had seen this presentation and then we're going to launch it again. So this is going to be kind of weird results. Cause I don't yeah. think it resets, but let's do it anyway. Why not? And while we do, oh no, poll ended. Oh, relaunch poll. Here we go. Oh, cool. Uh-huh, cool. I hope we'll probably lose the data from the first one. That's um, okay. but I, we said it out loud. So that's good. So does that, do people feel like they have somewhat more of, do you, how prepared do you feel now 
you know, some of you had never done a, uh, uh, an integrated campaign. Some of you have, we have lots of questions and I have questions too, Jordy for you. And I also want to plug that Jordy was a salesperson in the past. So if you have sales related, uh, questions that tie back to integrated campaigns, there was a discussion in the chat about BDRs and BDR messaging. Jordy, you said BDRs are a channel, right? That yeah. should be incorporated into your campaign. Maybe can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, cause it's, 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 uh, sometimes we're in our marketing silo and however, the name of the game is integrated campaign. So of course, BDRs as a channel is part of that. Absolutely. So we, you know, they're doing outreach all day, every day, touching the exact people you're trying to reach with marketing campaigns in a very, very targeted way. Right. So some of them are doing cold outreach. Some of them are working with, you know, early stage quote unquote leads, uh, to try and figure out what's good and what's not. Um, those folks, the, the honestly, the our clients where uh, that have marketing teams that work closely with the BDRs on scripts do really well. So they have, you know, there's less sort of bickering back and forth, and everybody kind of works together because they they worked on the messaging together. And you know, if it's not working, then they can help tweak. And marketing can help tweak as they go as well. So, you know, you've got that outreach messaging. Heck, you've even got, um, what do you call it? Uh, email signatures, right? The email signatures that are going out, right? If you've got specific messaging, oh, stick a yeah. banner in the email signatures of everybody in the organization that lines to your integrated campaign, right? So there's like all these touch points um, that you can use with BDRs and, and salespeople and anyone that's customer facing. That's awesome. That's a good point. Like, Hey, where else can we extend our integrated campaign into? I didn't even think of the um, email signature. You give it a banner there. It's like, Hey, we're doing this and it's an integrated full thing that we're focusing on for Q4 and like put it everywhere, man. That's awesome. All right. Let's get into some of our questions. Well, actually one more comment folks. Um, I also wanted to Jordy. I was like, smiling and nodding and doing clapping hands when you were talking about alignment and about roadblocks because a lot of us um and I myself have been guilty of this you know we put together this beautiful thing this beautiful campaign in excel oh we have the channels oh we have uh the budget oh we have the expected results and it's like gorgeous and two problems happen one sales isn't aligned and two uh you start to try to work on it and oh my gosh it's a lot of work and then it fails because you don't have resources internal to focus on it so i just wanted to say that um that was those two points that you said were really good and things that you don't think about because we get stuck in the like creative the like okay that strategy but then it's like how do we work through it how can we have these touch point uh meetings how can we make sure that everything happens it's not just the thinking of it not just the strategy yeah i mean marketing can create the sistine chapel amazing artwork and then the whole roof caves in right when it actually <laughs> open the doors so yeah there's a lot of different people involved that's for sure Evan Carswell also says, put a banner on it. And Mark Leon also had a point earlier about incorporating your campaign into those bigger activities during when we you were saying RSA Black Hat, right? Yep. Oh, we don't want to do a campaign around then because we're already focused on the campaign of Black Hat, which is a huge thing. Well, hey, stick it. Why don't you merge them together and make it an extended, bigger extended experience across what you're doing? All right, poll questions are up. It looks like a lot of folks found that they are now somewhat prepared or prepared. 
-hmm. And two people said they're not prepared at all and still need help. So if you are one of those two people, post your comments in the chat right now or book a meeting with Jordy, actually. Yeah, I'll help you out. We don't, you know, no obligation. We'll just talk shop and see how we can help. I mean, actual tech, this is kind of what we do. We, you know, obviously the content creation, because you need all these pieces, especially if you're in a short timeline or don't have internal resources. And then we help with, you know, leads. Our bread and butter is running webinars for leads. And we're really, really good at this along with appointment setting uh, to help tee that up if depending on your goal and where you are in the funnel stage. Um, and then we consult with people and if we can help, great. And if we can't, maybe we can point you in a different direction um whatever it is so uh that's that so gianna mentioned survey stuff so uh in austin where i'm sure everyone will be because it you know all the cool kids will be there um the uh monday session we're gonna have like i say we've got so actual tech is a huge audience of infosec and cybersecurity C- uh, practitioners, CISOs and everything so we went out to them and worked with gianna to come up with some questions actually two-part survey. One was a buyer survey where we're asking them buying behavior questions. And the other one was an in-depth, like 10-part technology survey. Like, you know, what are they doing around API security and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, we're going to release both. Um, the Some of the questions though that we asked just as a teaser, these were sort of the kinds of questions that we asked in the report. And so I'm excited uh, when we get to December to be able to present the results of this and to share the report with everybody for free and to uh, talk shop with everybody. So looking forward to that. As I said before, that was part of like the community built that. If you were are in our private Slack community, I posted the link to join if you are not a member already. Um, the community worked on that together. We all together formed these questions and I had like 10 people who were really involved in forming these questions. Um, from the society who were like really into it. And then we're going to, that'll be released at the conference for everyone. Um, Chris Sam says flights from Canada are expensive to the conference. There's a virtual come to see the virtual. It'll be live streamed. So you'll be able to see it. Um, all right. Questions from the audience. So we had two questions on messaging yep. and I'm going to just roll into one. Anonymous said, what are effective ways to posture a cybersecurity sales slash marketing pitch to potential corporate clientele. And I'm going to say that's, you know, security folks at enterprise companies will say, in my instance, my company sells a B, a SaaS product, and I'm trying to see how my marketing team should present our business to mid-sized businesses. Okay, you're going down market then, it sounds like. Um, and then another person in the chat had said, hey, I'm new to cyber and there's a lot of freaking jargon in cyber, right? No. And I'm a marketer. No. No. No, <laughs> I'm a marketer trying to get my head wrapped around it. So let's start with, let's start with this one on, um, actually let's start with the jargon one. Cause I feel like it's very generalized. Uh, Jordy, any resources, any advice to folks, uh, besides joining the cybersecurity marketing society about, uh, messaging with or without jargon, since you guys do a million webinars to this audience, what resonates in terms of jargon or no jargon? Cut it back. Mm-hmm. Talk to people about problems. Talk about their problems and what you can do to help and make it, explain it like I'm five. I think, I think we underestimate how busy people are. You know, we live in this space. We're looking at researching things all day, every day. You know, we're up on the latest everything, right? 
every our clients, our customers are drowning out there trying to keep up. So one of the things when we ask uh, IT and, and cyber pros what their biggest challenges are, the consistent answer that comes up again and again and again is trying to stay current, trying to stay current, trying to stay current. So when we think about that, we we often architect messaging like we expect the competitors reading it. We're almost writing it for the competitor. Then we want to sound smart for them. And I think that's important. There's a certain level of, you know, you have a, have a certain level of vocabulary that indicates that you know what you're talking about. But at the same time, you can really overdo it. And we can really underdo understanding how busy people are and that they do not eat, breathe and sleep this stuff. Um, and so, you know, you could, if you got to do it, if you got to use like a heavily technical approach, um, you could go at it from the perspective of, uh, you know, we're going to do like a one-on-one first here, and then we're going to dive deeper, right? So you cover both bases. Um, but as you move down market, you'll find the sophistication often drops of the buyer and because they wearing multiple hats, you know, they're responsible for security. They're also responsible for the network and they're responsible for X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, as you go down market, you run into the situation where people are less and less dedicated to a particular role. So, um, not sure if that's all wool, but I think, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't overdo it on the jargon. I think I think it is helpful, and I think that's a great point. When you're going down market that to the MME, it's uh, de- define depending on how you define MME. Like you might be selling no longer to the CISO, but to the head of you know security and IT or whatever. So um, the MME buyer and then the SMB buyer, which is like completely usually just like one person, two people who just run a whole thing and are completely strapped for time. The MME buyer. Um, might have dedicated role, might not, and might have dedicated security role, might be a mix, might be a blend and has much less time and has to do more work with less resources. So that's a good point that, Hey, like cut to the chase. Um, I'm also going to plug next month. We are debuting our course, our first ever course that the society is launching with Black Hills InfoSec. So some of you know, Jason Blanchard, uh, an amazing content creator from Black Hills InfoSec and, um, we are launching introduction to cybersecurity for marketers because, hey, we're marketers, but we should know some cybersecurity too if we haven't already gotten into that. So it'll be a cultural and technical overview. And I uh, look forward to seeing you there. Sign up for our newsletter so you get that alert when we go that when that goes live. Um, and then uh, Victoria Berryhill has an advice for the poster new to cyber. If you're looking for self-education, what is that com was really helpful to me with the jargon and acronyms. Good. Google it. Google it and then keep a list of the answers because the next person who joins your company who is also not from cyber needs to know this too. <laughs> take that uh, take that jargon that you're struggling with, stick it in an email and just send it out to your database of prospects saying, hey, just we notice that people struggle with jargon. Here's a glossary and just see what the <laughs> click-through rate is on it. That'll start to give you an idea whether or not people truly get it or care. Ooh, that's a juicy one, Jordy. All right. We have another question from the audience. Um, so we're we're going to say that we answered that one about the marketing and the comms. If you have follow-up questions, post in the chat, put in the, uh, in the Q&A. And there's a lot of people now posting resources in the chat. Thank you so much, everybody. Oh, yeah. So early in the campaign, how much time should teams roughly allocate to planning and discovering 
a CRM tool from the view of a 90 employee company, first time using these platforms. Okay. I think this ties to the very first question we got, which was what tools do you need for this? Because like, um, how the heck do you, what's like the baseline of tech that you need to orchestrate some sort of integrated campaign? Uh, Jordy, do you have an answer to that? I could also take it. Yeah. Um, my thinking is like, you can do some basics with pipe drive. You can do some basics with active campaign. Um, you know, basically look for a poor man's HubSpot or, or, um, or Salesforce. Um, but just think long-term, like if you plan, if your company's about the blitz scale, don't do that. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? So, you know, think long-term, but also don't, you just start as quickly as you can. It should take, you know, get some demos and, and pick something and roll. Yeah, that's a good point. So the society, we chose HubSpot, even though for our own like marketing automation, we send emails, we do all this stuff, um, even though we know it's expensive. Also, if you're a startup, if you're a VC-backed startup, um, you can get a humongous discount on HubSpot for the first couple of years. They do like a 90% off and then it it the discount slowly goes away. Um, all right, post the link, everyone. Anyone who's written a glossary, post that link. People want to know. Okay, mm-hmm. so we got that one. Ooh, so here's a juicy one. We are pivoting to ABM. Actually, Kristen, what tools did you use to build out these charts for planning? These are super helpful. Jordy, what tools? What do we use? What do you use? Uh, I think so. There was a lot of Excel in there. Yeah. Um, there's uh, uh, what is the other? Um... Is it like a spreadsheet tool? Like a yeah. smart? Why am I drawing a blank on this? Oh, there's one that's really cool called Jeru, G-E-U-G-E-R-U. Um, when you're mapping stuff, it has like every marketing funnel item. Just look at my phone, make sure I got Oh, Jeru Funnel Map Creator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I clicked on their ad. Sorry if you're with Jeru and I just spent, yeah. made you, you spend money. You just spent $86. Money. Oh, my God. I'm not a CISO. Um <laughs> So awesome. Yeah. So, I posted that. So we don't have a look at, at stuff like that, but there's a lot of Excel and then there's a lot of, you know, just simple funnel mapping tools out there. Um, but yeah. Drew is, Drew is kind of cool. For what you said, the poor man's version of like a beautiful spreadsheet. So I would always build my stuff in like PowerPoint to show, but then like campaign, I would just use Excel for the actual meat of what we need to do and accomplish. You can even do like Gantt chart in Excel um, with coloring the cells that you need them to. If you're, if you don't, ah, Anthony says mirror board. Very yep, good idea. Another one. Um, next question. So it was the so, ABM one, right? So, yes. We're pivoting to ABM. So I'm curious how this changes or how, how, how you change your perspective. Yeah. So it goes to, uh, that goes to the audience piece, right? So the audience and persona piece includes both a firmographic component then when you're doing ABM, uh, as well as a persona, like the, um, demographic component around who they are and what they do. So, um, basically, you're just adding another layer of firmographic audience persona over top of that. And then you can only work with channels that will help you reach those accounts, right? So then all of a sudden, LinkedIn becomes way more important or, um, you know, any other ABM. If you're doing like ABM webinars with actual tech, now that becomes more important as opposed to, you know, running your display ads on ad roll with retargeting and things like that. You may just have to shift the channels to make sure they support um, your ABM goals. 
Awesome. Someone sent in a question that just said, ugh, g- 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 LOL. So thank you for that. That was great. Um, uh, so. I don't know how to uh, take that. That's good. I don't know how to I didn't like that, that answer. answer. I don't know. <laughs> Who was that? Do you want to come up? Oh, Jennifer hates ABM. Yeah. Oh, Thomas. Yes. ABM, account-based marketing. So instead of just saying like, oh, like all, you know, SMBs in the financial space, it's like, oh, these like 500 SMBs or whatever. Jennifer says it's so damn complicated. So many personas. Amanda hates Miro. Me too. Okay. Another question. I'm sorry, Jordy. Let us know if you have to drop too. Jordy. No, no, I'm good. I love it. This is okay. awesome. So we did this one. We did this one uh, for orcs that are hiring initial marketers slash marketing teams that are party of one. Oof. I've been there. Party of one. What skills would you prioritize knowing mops and digital channels or brand development? Uh, you have to outsource one or the other to start. And I'm of the opinion that positioning and content has to be right. But most orgs prioritize the growth marketing skills to start. Jordy, if you were starting, a, if you were hiring for your cybersecurity company, who would you hire? Um, anything that can be commoditized, I would outsource. So there's a lot of, you know, the digital marketing stuff is all fully commoditizable. Like I, I would 100% go with an agency because, but an agency that specializes in B2B and even better, an agency that specializes in tech and specializes in LinkedIn because that's where B2B, a lot of the spend happens. So, um, that's kind of those outsourced, uh, components, even some of the content development. Um, as long as your SME can review what outsourcers are writing, like, so for instance, like on the review cycles, when actual tech writes an ebook for somebody with our subject mat- matter experts, it goes to the SME for review and edit and blah, 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 to make sure it's on message and looks like it came out of inside of your company's four walls and it ultimately gets there. And so again, that's something that can be outsourced. The piece that can't, and even mops to honestly, like, you know, you can find someone to help you with that. Um, there's agencies that will do that for you. So really the piece that they can't do for you is strategy, right? They cannot do um, the messaging creation, the value proposition, the pain and sol- uh, pain and solution stuff. Um, you know, you can, because nobody really understands that as well as you do, especially how your product and solution maps to that. So um, yeah, I would, I would, look at everything that you can, you know, as one person, you can, it's really hard. And you're, if you've got some budget to outsource, do it. And then you become, you know, a project manager of those things. Um, But uh, definitely the messaging, the, the uh, solution value proposition stuff, you, you've got to keep in house. So when you're hired, I'll add my two cents because I've been that like first hire. So, or early hire, um, so if you're doing a traditional, it also depends a little on your go-to-market motion and you might not know it yet if you're just hiring the base team. Uh, so my go-to basic is like product marketing person and then demand gen person because product marketing can usually cover strategy content, mm-hmm. writing, positioning, right? If they're experienced enough or have the, the runway to do it. And then demand gen covers outbound uh, marketing automation, marketing operations, everything else you need. And then you hire consultants and, and third parties around that to help support what you're doing. Um, a lot of, again, traditionally, um, folks start with like a product marketing VP of marketing person who has product marketing as a background. Um, you don't have to do that. It just depends. It depends on your go to market. 
uh, motion. And I happen to know people who are like, yeah, I'd hire marketing ops first. And I'm like, dang, interesting. So, so mixed messages. Hope we got so, something for them to do. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jennifer. Yeah, coming into the funnel. I know. Um, all right. So I think we covered our questions. I mean, does anyone else have a question? We went over time, but there's still a group of folks on here. Do we, do you want to bring up at uh, Jordy? I don't know if you have to drop. Do you want to bring up a yeah. campaign? You want to show us something? You want to workshop something together? Jennifer wants the deck. Jennifer, can you come up on stage and talk about how you don't like AVM? Can we invite you up? No, she says, well, too bad. I'm going to go in the, in the, let's say. <laughs> Oh, I don't, I don't know how to invite someone up. <laughs> oh, you don't have to come up, but I did. If you want to be a panelist coming up and uh, we can talk about ABM, anything else, anything else, folks. I love this one comment. You marketing guys are worse than cyber guys with acronyms, right? We're such hypocrites. We're like, I know. don't use acronyms. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. We're sorry, Thomas. It's, it's all ABM and CTA, which means call to action. That's, that's a really good point. <laughs> we have one last Q&A that came in. Oh, SEO. So you had said uh, SEO is a channel, Jordy. So we got yeah. just a comment. Oh, Thomas Scott, raise your hand. Thomas, do you want to come up? You want to come up on stage? I'm going to invite you as a panelist. Brian, Brian, do you want to come up? Your hands are raised. <laughs> All right. Nobody mocked me about acronyms, though. Okay. So there is one last uh, question that came in. Uh, it's more of a comment. SEO is very problematic as Google is about to change a ton here. I'm going to throw this into the chat so everyone can yeah, see. Yeah, Google's changing everything every week um, lately with updates. Um, just as an example, I mean, we spent, I want to say about $250,000 investment at Actual Tech into SEO uh, over the last couple of years. And the first 18 months was a big, like, why are we doing this? We're not getting the results we wanted. And then as soon as you got past the 18 month mark with links and link building and, and content creation, then it started to pay off. So it's expensive because, you know, you'd love to think you could do it organically, but that just requires more time. And so if you can add some budget to like light it on fire and get it going quicker. And even then it was still 18 months to ROI. So do most organizations have the patience for that? I don't know. Depends. But now that it's up, it's up. And now we're just sitting there waiting for a competitor to take us out. Right. So we got to keep working at it and, you know, cause it's not permanent, but it, it does have a little bit of a passive element to it. So um, but honestly, like for most niches, and if you're in, ugh, if you're in cybersecurity, you're, you need to budget big time, like big time for link, link acquisition and, you know, content creation that like think, think 300 to $500,000 to, to start ranking highly. And so you got to decide, you know, unless you've got some unique angle that makes everyone in the press want to link to you, which is well, cool. Yeah. I mean. I'd say to add to that, Jordy, I think three hundred to five hundred thousand. If you want to link for like a really hot, hot, yeah, ransomware, hot keyword, yeah. right, like ransomware or something <laughs> like that. But then if you have some weird little niche that you're in, that you know you could rank for like an emerging category, like that might not cost that much because you might be it might be one of those long tail keywords, one of those sort of like lower traffic, cheaper, easier to compete for. I've had some success in that sort of area but mm -hmm. i've never tried to rank for like ransomware 
Jennifer says, is it me or all SEO agencies clueless? Some of them are. Um, you can ask in the society about the agencies that do know what they're doing in cyber. So um, here's my take on that. Most SEO, quote unquote, SEO agencies are just reselling somebody else's uh, link building services, right? So they're white labeling someone else's services and you are basically, you know, you're paying triple what the market rates are um, for this stuff. And it's like, basically, yeah, it's just white label of other stuff and, and with a huge markup. And wow. they don't, they don't get the industry. They don't understand who the link targets are, you know, to, it's really finding one that specializes in tech is not, not easy. It's not, it's not. So it's always good to ask. I think the the way to find great people is to ask your network for that sort of stuff. Like, like we are all inundated with the, what Jennifer just said in the chat again, like the, Hey, we'll get you to the top page. It's like, okay. Here's a yeah. pro tip. Just go to fat Joe. I think it's fatjoe.com and get it yourself because that's where all of them are mostly getting their links from anyway. Oh, cool. I, I did not know. It? This is like secret uh, stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, they're kind of the gold standard of, of, uh, paid acquisition. And, but they, I mean, they do a lot of like other stuff too, but my, my iPhone won't type. J. I'll find that link and I'll share it out with everybody. All right. You might've heard that phone call. I am actually late to another meeting, it seems. So this has been really fun. Jordy, I think we have to have you back on. I think we should all work on a campaign together, like our own campaigns. I think we should get the templates going and then we can all build a campaign. Um, mm. Make sure to check out the Cybersecurity Marketing Society, everybody. Make sure to check out um, our upcoming events. Uh, we do lots of webinars on the topic of marketing, specifically in cybersecurity. Like I said, we have our conference coming up in Austin in December, virtual and in person. Jordy, how can people talk to you and learn more for, about you? I know you have a podcast too. Like, tell the people. Yeah, so um, we've got the Tech Marketer Live podcast um, on uh, all your favorite platforms, and hit me up for a meeting if you'd like to. And we'll also send out an email with the, the deck here and I'll send it for my personal email. So you can just reply and uh, say hi, if you'd like. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Thank Thanks you everybody. For supporting the society. And thank you for speaking at our conference. We can't wait. Uh, I'm excited. I'm so, so excited for the Learjet. Thank you. All right. Bye everyone. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Okay.